G'day and welcome to another episode of Perth Property Insider. I'm your host, Jared Mann, and today I'm going to discuss the complex puzzle that is housing affordability and look through to if any of the proposed solutions on the table are likely to make a positive impact and what are the potential downsides of the various schemes being proposed by both Labor and Liberal going into this election. It's a hot topic. Housing affordability is becoming increasingly difficult, especially over East with the significantly rising house prices. So we're going to really pull this puzzle apart and uh, show you the various pieces and what sort of impacts they're going to have potentially on our market moving forward. So let's go inside. Welcome to Perth Property Insider, where you will learn how to grow your wealth and improve your life using Perth property. Our show is brought to you by Investors Edge Real Estate, the highly rated and award-winning property management specialist servicing the whole of Perth. Now, here is your host, Jared Mann. With the recent massive price hikes in uh, Sydney, Melbourne, and now, I guess, Brisbane and also Adelaide, housing affordability is again becoming a hot topic and neither political party seems to be able to solve this very complex puzzle. So I wanted to explore some of the pieces to the puzzle so you can get a feel for what things are being proposed at the current elections and what are some of the deeper challenges and overall impacts that these housing affordability measures may actually have on the property market. So let's dive into it, shall we? It's quoted now that about 40 years ago, almost 60% of young Australians on low and modest incomes owned their own home. And now that same cohort is said to only be 28% owning their own home. So home ownership has decreased considerably for low and modest income households. And effectively, what can happen if we don't try to solve this puzzle is that we end up with a generation of predominantly renters within low and and modest income housing households. So none of us want that. And I haven't actually been able to find a breakdown of the statistics by capital city. But one thing I know for certain is that one solution, or at least partial solution to housing affordability is to just have people move to Perth. And I joke around about that, but I'm actually pretty serious that when you look at our average incomes being second highest in the country, as quoted by uh, some measures, our unemployment being the lowest in the country, so one of the best places to come and get a job and still having the lowest median house price of all capital cities, that all adds up to great job prospects, decent incomes, and relatively affordable uh, housing compared to all the other capitals. So you'd have to think if you are a new migrant or you're looking to move interstate and willing to make that big move, that it's going to be a big factor for many people when considering where to come to in Australia or where to move to. So that's a big plus in the column for Perth at the moment. And surely it's going to drive um, a lot more demand moving forward over the next year or two when we compare just how big that gap is to the other capital cities now. But 
let's face it, even now in Perth, there are always people struggling to get their own first time. And I remember back how hard it, if it wasn't for my parents' help, I wouldn't have been able to buy my first investment property and get my leg on the first rung of the ladder. So it's really hard to make that big leap into property ownership for many. And especially when we consider things like that rents are, are now go, have now gone up 30% approximately over the last 18 months. It used to be at $350 per week median price and we're now at 480 per week. And that's making saving a deposit even harder. And it's likely to continue to increase rents over the next year or so or more as new migrants that come in. And we've got lots of migrants starting to come into Perth and into all the other capitals. And they typically start by renting first, and that's going to push up rents even further in the shorter term. When we also look at some of the other pieces to this puzzle, the ability to save a deposit is one, and that's impacted by rental prices. But when we actually look at the rising cost of inflation, that's going to make things harder to save. We look at the building grants and inflation having pushed up building costs and timeframes. And there's a real hesitation among many home buyers to even build a new house now. So that's adding a considerable other difficult piece to the puzzle because we can't easily get new supply of housing to be created because of the difficulties in building and both with cost and time. And many developers too that are trying to create properties also have the same challenges when finding a builder to deliver on cost and time. I know many investors that are sitting on properties that they'd otherwise develop are just going to wait until things cool down in the coming years and then think about building. We've also seen many builders go broke. So you think, oh, well, the building grants would have been great for builders, but they had costs blow out. They had fixed price building contracts that they didn't have the scope to pass on the increases uh, enough to stay profitable and had to absorb far too much of that just to deliver the homes. And we've seen many big builders go broke. And I think there's probably going to be some more to come out and not be able to make it through this period before the end of the year. So getting new housing built is incredibly difficult. And that is really limiting supply and also pushing up the replacement value on existing properties, which goes towards increasing prices of established properties and making it harder for first-time buyers to get in. So it's going to be a real battle to have that uh, new supply of housing coming on. And without any sort of schemes adopted by the government to help first home buyers, those schemes that they're, they're doing at the moment are only tackling the lowering the barriers to entry. So it's actually increasing the demand from first home buyers without improving that supply. And they're effectively, well, what happens when you increase demand without improving supply? You push up prices and that's going to make it harder for others to afford to get into that segment of the market. So what are some of the current solutions being proposed to improve the affordability? And this is more demand side, making it easier for more buyers to get in and remove some of those barriers. Well, let's look at Labor's policies first. Obviously got the election uh, coming up. Both of them have put out what they're trying to do to improve affordability. I'm going to dissect them here for you, go into Labor's and Liberals' policies and give you my two cents on whether it's going to have much of an impact or not. So we've got Labor's regional first home buyer scheme and under an Albanese Labor government, they're going to add uh, 10,000 first home buyers a year to their regional Australia buyer 
higher scheme. That's where they're going to cover up to 32000 in mortgage insurance, enabling first-time buyers to secure a property with 5% deposit, with as low as 5% deposit and not having to pay lenders mortgage insurance. So that can be a big saving in the upfront cost, meaning that they're not going to have to save as much deposit and not going to have lenders mortgage insurance to pay. And the government's going to effectively guarantee up to 15% of that purchase price. So look, that'll help some people. But look, my concern around incentivizing further people to buy in country areas at the moment is that I'd imagine that with the recent surge of buyers towards country towns to escape COVID, and many now have the option of working remotely. So a lot more people are considering living in the country. I don't think it's going to be as big as people originally thought, but there's going to certainly be more people considering it. We've already seen big price rises already, leaving locals in those areas feeling like they're priced out of their own towns. And it's going to take some time before land in those areas can be developed because these councils and towns were not expecting to have such an increase in demand. They've got probably got a lot more supply around them to open up than the city areas. So it can be more of a solution to open up land over time, but it takes time for planning and construction and development and just mention the difficulty with getting trades and other people to do the work. So in the shorter term, this is going to just add more demand without really changing the supply or speeding up the supply of land in those areas. So not really a solution, just adding more fuel on the fire. Let me look at Labor's other major policy that they've rolled out in in the last week or so. They've come up with their home affordability scheme, which will cover they'll go basically partners with a first home buyer and put up 40% of the property's purchase price, up to 40% of the property's purchase price, effectively reducing the overall loan that a buyer needs to take out and making it a lot more affordable. That's an interesting idea, having the government as a partner. And there has been some similar schemes uh, out in WA to a lesser extent. I think they've done up to 25% and it's been on a smaller scale. So this could help some people get in. especially over east where the actual prices of properties are beginning to get out of reach. And they're proposing 10,000 Australians each financial year. So it's not a huge number compared to some of the other schemes. And eligible home buyers will need to have a minimum deposit of 2% in order to qualify. And there's going to be a property price cap in Perth of 550,000 for home. So you can still get a pretty decent property for under 550 here especially if it's your first home. And they are planning to pay for this by doubling the foreign investment screening fees and financial penalties. So on one hand, that's good extra help for first home buyers, but it's also going to disincentivize some of the foreigners purchasing properties. I'm not going to get into whether I agree with that or not, but that's how they're planning to do it. Now, over to the Liberals. They've got a number of affordable housing policies and it's more an expansion and continuation of some of their existing policies that have worked reasonably well, I guess, to lower some of the barriers over the the more recent years. So they're helping more first home buyers get over the deposit hurdle 
by raising the number of the low deposit guarantees. So that's effectively where they uh, guarantee the deposit like Albanese was doing in the country areas. They're currently been doing that for 10,000 places a year. They're now proposing to increase that to 35,000 places each of the next three financial years. So that could be a big increase to the number of places available in that. So that could be a good one to help people lower the cost of getting into a property. And they're rolling out an increasing price cap for the home guarantee scheme, just basically allow increasing the prices that the cap applies at. They're changing it from 500,000 at the moment in Perth to 600,000. So allowing people to uh, get into slightly higher prices. They're hoping to increase the supply of new homes in regional areas by providing uh, 10,000 low deposit guarantees for new home builds. So that's just their way of incentivizing new construction within the country areas. But again, it's going to take some time for land to open up. We've got those construction issue challenges. There's no magic bullet there. They're also going to expand home ownership opportunities for single parent families by increasing the number of guarantees for them to 5,000 per year. So that's a good one, especially for the single parent families. And they're going to support greater investment into affordable housing with an additional $2 billion in low-cost financing for social and affordable dwellings. So that's expected to be a total financing of $5.5 billion and supporting around 27,500 dwellings. So it's hard to get a feel for whether that's going to make much of a dent in the supply that we need. I've tried to do a bit of study, but it's going to take a lot more to work out whether that's really going to help or not. So conclusions that the majority of these policies are all aimed at lowering the barriers to entry. And it's a good thing from helping people get into a home sooner and having to save up as much deposit, not having as big a transfer, no having no transfer duty to pay, having little to no or none lenders mortgage insurance to pay. So that's great, but it does add a lot more demand of buyers. And when you're doing that without significantly increasing the supply side solutions, then it's just going to push up uh, prices in the shorter term. And we've already seen how the building grants have distorted the market in the past by pushing up the price of construction and prices of properties. So every time the government plays with incentivizing or doing these things, they, they've always tended to have an adverse effect and actually move uh, first home buyers further away from being able to afford properties. But when we take a step back and look at the bigger picture, this lack of supply that I've spoken about is also going to underpin house prices in the coming years. So it's really going to uh, hold up values you'd expect. And it's also clear as a final thought that with both governments having an even greater vested interest in holding up prices in the housing market, with all these uh, first home buyers in at just 5% deposit, it could be a real bloodbath for first home buyers if they're ever forced to sell during a down period. So the government's got a real motivation to hold up property prices across the whole of Australia. It's the wealth effect. You know, it has all of us spending more in other areas when we feel like we're getting wealthier. So while we want to hold up values and we want wealth to continue to grow, you know, it's going to become an ever ongoing problem that property becomes, you know, more difficult and more unaffordable. So hopefully these first home buyers, when they are taking on these 
incentives and lower deposit schemes, they're buying the property for the long term and hopefully they're going to be able to afford that financial commitment and not be forced to look at selling during a whatever smaller period we have a downturn in. Not that I'm necessarily expecting one. Perth's looking in great shape and if we don't get the growth ahead that we're due, then um, it's only, I think, going to be a short pause before things come around again strong for us. But everything's looking really great in the market at the moment and I'm looking forward to bringing you my next Perth Property Market Update in June. Thanks for listening and I'll catch you on the next episode. For free market reports on your suburbs of interest and other helpful resources to grow your wealth, make sure you join my property investor update at investorsedge.com.au slash join. And finally, make sure you're a member of our Perth Property Investment Facebook group. To be part of the conversation with other like-minded investors, get help to your questions and get a feel for what's going on out there in the market. Just a reminder that the information discussed in this podcast is general in nature, as we don't know your specific situation. You should always seek professional advice before taking any action. I'll see you in the group.